This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. show it is the daily tip from BQL presented by our good friends of MGM the king of parlays whoa there goes my light coming up in our final hour oh, I'll just pick it back up here it'll be fine we'll talk parlays a little baseball. Um, uh, 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 oh there we go king of parlays just an act of god comes down yeah king of parlays <laughs> bam how about that yeah we'll talk a little baseball We'll talk some remaining free agents. Still a lot of big names out on the market, as you know, Lucy, and where they might end up going. Then at 8.20, one more look at what we've got tonight in college hoops, and then we'll hand out our best bets at 8.40. So I was reading this yesterday about Gen Z, because in the last... (laughs) This picture is so ridiculous. It's in Fortune Magazine, and it's about Gen Z and how they have a propensity for ghosting prospective employers, even interviews. So 93% of Gen Z have ghosted interviews. 87% have not even shown up for their first day of work. Oh my which God. Magazine, this is not some random thing I'm coming up with. I'm not trying to slam a younger generation. But my favorite part is at the top of this article, there's a picture of a girl in her early 20s just going thumbs down. Like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> nah. <laughs> but I will say, I, I have seen a little bit of this with the lovely Catherine, my girlfriend, and she is a manager, but she's, you know, 40. But some, and not everyone, because I hate to stereotype, but they have made some younger hires and I mean, some of the excuses I've heard are crazy. My favorite one was this girl got hired and she was supposed to come in at 9 a.m. every day. First day of work, it's like 9.35. She comes rolling out. This is the first day of work. Oh, my God. And, hey, listen, you need to show up to work on time. She's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I just, I was having a tough morning. It's like, Okay. So this became this became a thing for weeks where, and I know for a fact, this girl lives or lived, she lived about five minutes from where we live in the city. So she's about a 15, probably a 15 minute drive to work tops. And so one morning she comes in, it's like 9.45, she comes strolling in and they're like, hey, we need you to show up on time. She's like, I'm so sorry. It took me like 45 minutes to get an Uber. 
let me tell you something. I have been taking Uber and Lyft since they started. I have never waited 45 minutes for an Uber. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And also, by the way, there are people who commute from Maryland, Virginia, who have families, who have children, who make 45, 50-minute drives. You are 15 minutes away. So again, it's not everyone, but the number of excuses that I have heard of why I can't get in or why I can't do this is kind of remarkable to me. Maybe I sound like an old, I, I you know, maybe I'm that guy, but I've seen a little bit of this and it's really, it's, it's crazy to me. Yeah, no, this is valid, Jenks. This is this tracks, as they say. This is this tracks because there is absolutely a vast difference between even me as a millennial and how I approached my first jobs, my college interviews, mm -hmm. my uh, first job interviews, applications, where you at nine o'clock start time, you get there at 845. That is yeah. what my generation grew up like 15 minutes early is on time. That was, and, and no excuses. I, I would be terrified. Even today, I in, yeah. in today's life that I'm living, I am scared to, not scared, but I, I hesitate to ask for time off because of course you could, I mean, of course it's no problem to take time off, but I'm still like, oh, but like, I, I don't want to seem like my work ethic is this. Like I get anxiety about like, how <laughs> right. do I word it? How do I, and of course it's like no problem at all. But right. it's in my mind, in my mind, it is so ingrained in me that like when in college, it's back then to that time in my mind where I'm like, well, if I don't show up to class, I never missed a class in college, by the way, yeah. because I, in my mind, it's, you are lazy. If you miss this class, you are lazy. Mm -hmm. If you dip out on this and just like, I can't imagine just not showing up, not showing up is that's crazy. I, my anxiety right. would be through the roof. So I feel like today's generation does not have that at all. Gen Z does not have that at all because they um, were the way that they grew up is like my feelings come first and the way my day is going mm -hmm. comes first and the greater good of the company I work for or the people I work with is second to that and excuses seem to be a, a plenty mm -hmm. because so let's say I have to take an Uber somewhere I plan ahead for that. I plan ahead for okay so maybe <laughs> right. I'll take 40 let's let's say it takes 45 minutes to get an Uber you get up at 45 minutes earlier like that is my brain and that is the brain of millennials right. who it were terrified to miss anything because it's that's just how it was is because there are consequences for uh being late and being uh yeah. not, not showing up on time or or not showing up to a job interview like that is unheard of that is the the opposite I, of everything you go to jail right to jail if you don't that's how we were taught is like you don't show up for an interview you will never get a job because everybody talks to each other is how it is in your brain when you were brought up before gen z is that your your life is over if you yeah. miss an interview you are done for so yeah. i i mean i just like my brain can't process that imagine that just showing up and having no problem not running in being i'm so sorry that i am 45 minutes late which is i don't even show up at that point i mean come on that's right. insane um yeah there's a vast difference that is kind of hard to ignore oh my god i can't even fathom and I'm, I'm kind of just, I'm on the other side of the spectrum where, especially if you're trying to build a career and maybe that's the difference because I think maybe yeah. there's part of a younger generation that doesn't want to build a career, right? There is. And I understand, I actually appreciate the idea that you don't want to spend your entire life killing yourself, right? And not have any work-life balance and you want to prioritize yourself. I, I understand that completely, but I also think you can take that to extremes, right? Where if you 
maybe don't build a career, then are you still going to be working when you're 80? I certainly don't want to be doing that. But I will also say that I'm kind of the opposite where, especially if you're trying to build a career, the last thing you want to do is flake on an interview because in any business, people know people. And the, the further you get in your career, then you tend to meet people who know someone that you know. And it's, it's very, not incestual, that's maybe not the way to put it, but that's maybe not the best choice of words. Small but world. everyone sort of knows. Yeah, it's a very, thank you. Yeah. That's much better than incestual. It's <laughs> yeah, a that very, would be my first choice as well, of course. But yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's a small it's world. A, and so, it's a synonym for small world. Incestual. <laughs> incestual. But I remember what a I was, geek. yeah, what a, you know, no. I, there was a crazy. job. It, I'm mad. Like I, I remember a few years ago, I was so proud of myself for doing this where there was, it was the number one job in New York city at the ABC station. And I thought I could do this job. And I had my agent at the time reach out and heard nothing. And I was like, I think I can get in here and I think I have a shot. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to reach out myself. So I reached out myself to the news director at ABC seven and I got a response back and it was, Hey, Michael, uh, I know of your work. Come see me on Tuesday. I was like, awesome. I will come see you on Tuesday. And I did. The interview was great. It was awesome. And it, it didn't work out because I, I decided I didn't know how I was going to play it. I was like, do you want to play it the way they want you to play it? Or do you want to be honest about how you want this to go? And I decided to be true to myself and I knew, I just knew long-term if I wanted to be happy, I needed to be honest about how I wanted that job to go. But regardless, I guess the point is I was assertive in getting this interview yes. because I thought it was important. And I can't imagine getting an interview in a field where you've been or where you're trying to build a career and imagine just saying, you know what, after all that, I think I'm just not going to show up. I, I can't fathom that. How is that? I mean, that is just insane because it's not respectful of the interviewer's time. And it's, I right. think what it is, is uh, a um, decrease in assertiveness and taking initiative. And I'm going to mm -hmm. do this myself because I'm going to get it done and responsibility. Because mm. I think that there is something to be said for balancing your life between your work and your personal life. And I think that that sure. is a very healthy way to go about it. However, that does not mean that you cannot bail on responsibilities because just yes. do the, the responsibility of showing up on time is very important. And that is something that I feel like the consequences for are uh, not as, I, I don't know, I would be terrified of the consequences for that because there are consequences. So I think the lack of uh, taking responsibility is maybe at the core of it because absolutely yes. there are instances where if you want to um, get ahead and, and move forward in the career you want to, taking responsibility for yourself and being assertive and taking mm -hmm. the initiative is very important. Like when I was in college, so I went to Wellesley and there they, they drill it into you. Like you have to be responsible for yourself and take mm -hmm. it. And, and people who go there want to do that themselves. There's a notorious story about a girl who had an internship at a law firm and she was given tasks to do, but she decided to take on one of the cases herself. And she was mm -hmm. posing as, cause she wanted to seem like she was taking initiative, but she went oh way too God. far with it. And she got, 
fired from the internship. But so that was an example they used as like, yes, show that you can do, you know, how smart you are, but don't take it too far. So there is something to be said for just, just do your responsibility and uh, take initiative for yourself. And I think that, you know, you'll go far. But I think that that yeah. has been on the decline in the new generation. Oh, I, I agree. I saw this TikTok where <laughs> it was so, we talk about someone like trying to act like something they weren't. And so this comedian was like, what do you do? This, this guy was like, I'm, I started a real estate development company. He's like, what? He's like, yeah, I started a real estate development company. He goes, how old are you? He was 24. He goes, okay, do you have any friends that are part of this company? He goes, no. Do you have any family? And he goes, yeah. He goes, what member of your family is part of this company? He goes, my dad. He goes, okay. Dad? Like, yeah, my dad. There you go. Exactly. Yep, exactly. There we go. Okay, now we're getting to the Yeah. So who's going to take, yeah, I mean, okay. I guess we got to talk to baseball. Who's not going to take like a $10 million loan for your business? You really, you're a self-made person in that respect. Seriously. Oh, yeah. There we go. There's the, there's the real, the real truth of the matter right there. Who will take responsibility? For the contract of Blake Snell, maybe Cody Bellinger, Jordan Montgomery, some of these big name free agents that are still out there. I think Snell is the most interesting in that the Yankees are the favorites at minus 150, Angels are three to one, Mariners are plus 450, Giants are five to one. Your Red Sox, nine to one. This feels like Yankees to me. And I, I believe the Yankees have already made him some sort of offer that he has not taken yet, but can you make a case for another team here? It would be, so looking at the Angels, because I'm going with Yankees as well. Yankees minus 150 okay. is where I'm also thinking he will end up because they have serious interest uh, in him reportedly um, and, you know, hoping maybe his asking price will drop perhaps. But like the Angels, I don't know what the hell the Angels are doing because they are, they've got poor Mike Trout as a hostage saying that he is loyal to the team and like, oh, I got to like, I'm not, we're not going to win anything, but he's still like, I am loyal to the team and we're going to try. No, it's, it's, over dude like it's it, no the angels stink and i don't think that they're really like what are they gonna do that's why the yankees i think for blake snell that's where he will end up minus 150 yeah i sort of think so too and it's interesting because of course matt just put this in the chat that scott boris has yes. <laughs> uh, is the is the man representing blake snell here and reportedly the yankees have another offer on the table so it looks like, and this is what good agents do. Now you can hate on Scott Boris that I know he gets a lot of derision and I understand that, but this is his job. So yes, I think he's, he's using the Yankees as, as leverage. And why wouldn't he, right? Because the Yankees can spend as much as anyone else. I will be curious to see if anyone else steps up and says, all right, we will match the Yankees offer. What I feel like will happen here, he'll just continue to push this, push this, push this. And then when he finally gets to the limit of how much he can get for Blake Snell, then he pulls the trigger. Would you lay a buck fifty though? I wouldn't. I because it's just this not there's no value there. So I wouldn't even touch that because I don't I don't know if I the certainly not the Red Sox are going to get Blake Snell because I yeah. think they're not gonna do anything. They're stupid. But um yeah, no, I, I wouldn't touch that. But speaking of Scott Boris, last night I was looking at like you know how he does his job and he's good at it. His net worth four hundred 
million dollars is what it said you know net worth sometimes aren't exactly accurate online but you look at this i'm like yeah the 400 million dollar guy is playing the game correctly and i think it will end up with blake snell with the yankees god it's amazing that's the job to have I always, I always wonder too. The st- maybe it's not stress. I would imagine. I, I always think, God, oh, the stress of going back and forth, back and forth. You have four hundred million. Why would you just it. call it a day? But he, I started to say, he probably loves the adrenaline of saying, "How much can I play the game here and play these guys against each other and get my clients the most money?" I think it's that rush that you just cannot get away from. Coming up next on the show, I said we were going to talk baseball. You know. We are going to talk baseball because there are more than just guys like Blake Snell on the market. We have some news regarding Mark Trout and Shohei Otani as well. Stay right there. It is a daily tip from BQL presented by BetMGM. We are on a roll in hour three. The daily tip will be right back on the BetQL network presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to the show. Great to have you with us on a Tuesday. It is a Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Lucy Burge. Coming up, more for baseball's offseason and a look at today's schedule in the top 25. But number one UConn looking to stay red hot. Lucy, I know you are a baseball gal. Are you finally in full baseball mode? I've seen some pictures where you're wearing Red Sox gear. Like, you're ready to go, I feel like. I am so ready to go, Jenks. I am ready for watching spring training games. I will be watching spring training games, I especially Red Sox ones, which will prove to be very exciting, I think. But I am so ready for baseball season. There are times at night when I'm watching the Celtics or I'm watching the Bruins or whatever mm-hmm. is on. I've been watching a little bit of the Knicks, maybe a little bit of the Rangers, honestly. And I just am craving watching a baseball game. And I just, this overwhelming feeling of, I cannot wait for baseball to start. And just the sound of it, just the sound of the crowd with the bat crack and the whatever game, any yeah. game that's on a West Coast game, 11 p.m. I will be watching because, well, that's how the Red Sox season will start. Um, but I cannot, <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to stay up till 1 a.m. and watch that first Red Sox game. I am so excited for baseball season because it just, it means, of course, that, that the warm weather is coming. Um, but also I just miss it so much and it's like that craving starts to happen around this time yeah. mid-february and i am so ready for it jenks i am too i've gotten more into baseball as the past couple of seasons has gone on i think this show has a lot to do with that so i'm i'm very excited and before we get into we have some mike trout news we want to get to some Shohei otani news as well but I wanted to ask you about some of the remaining big name free agents on the market. You've got Cody Bellinger out there. Jordan Montgomery's out there. Matt Chapman is out there. Jordan Montgomery in particular, the Red yeah. Sox are the favorites to sign him at plus 125. And we saw how good he was for the Rangers during the postseason, five and three in the playoffs, ERA of 2.90 for Texas. He was he was one of those late season acquisitions that really came through in a big way. Can you see him in Boston? Well, of course, ideally I could, but I I could Mm -hmm. see him in Boston, but I can't see this uh, ownership group, this front office spending money 
I don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I don't understand it. Yesterday, you've got Sam Kennedy, president of the Red Sox, saying that Craig Breslow has parameters upon under which he is operating, parameters for the money he is spending. And he said parameters like 10 times. And that indicates to me that they are not going mm -hmm. to spend money anymore. Like they're not, they're done, I guess, spending money. And maybe even if they're not, I don't think Jordan Montgomery will be someone they're going to spend money on because it's too, that would be too good. It'd be too good to be true. So they're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. They're like, you know what? Actually, we're going to do everything the opposite of what would be good for this team, apparently, during this offseason. So the Red Sox are the favorite to land Jordan Montgomery plus 125. I, I would just be too hesitant to take that because I don't trust the Red Sox to make that move. So, I, I mean, the Giants, I would look a little bit further down. Giants plus 500, um, especially with the value there at, at them because maybe, you know, they've got the pa Pablo Sandoval comeback. So, obviously, that is an indication that they're really, you know, going for the World Series here. So, I think Giants plus 500 would be uh, what I would look at here for Jordan Montgomery. Yeah, you know more about Boston than I do. And yeah, you have the Red Sox at plus 125, Giants, like you said, 5-1. Angels are 4-1. to one. And the Angels are interesting in that they haven't made a ton of moves in the offseason, maybe a handful. And this leads us to Mike Trout. And we know his story, perhaps the best player of his generation, certainly. And... At the same time, he just has not been able to do anything with the Angels, even with Shohei. So he was asked about his plans for the future and why, for now, he's staying in L.A. I think the biggest thing right now is I think the easy way out is just ask for a trade. Um, you know, there might be a time, maybe. Uh, I've, I really haven't thought about this, but, uh, you know, when I signed that contract, I, I'm loyal. You know, I want to win the championship here. And... Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's mainly, I think the, the, the overall picture of winning a championship or getting to the playoffs here is bigger satisfaction, bailing out and just taking the easy way out. So I think that's, that's why been my mindset, you know, maybe down the road if something's changed, but that's been my mindset ever since the trade speculations, you know, came up. So. To put this in perspective, when you talk about the angels having not made the postseason, I mean, let's, throw this out there. They have not made the playoffs since 2014. They have not won a postseason game since 2009. And also, Trout has played about 50% of the time in the last three years. He has been very, very banged up from various injuries. And when we were talking about Blake Snell, the second favorite to sign Blake Snell is the Angels right behind the Yankees. The Angels at three to one to sign Blake Snell. So maybe it's a possibility, but let me ask you this. When it comes to Mike Trout, where do you stand on him? I appreciate the loyalty. Like that kind of warms my heart that I want to be here when I sign this contract. Yeah. That means that I, I I'm dedicated to the LA angels at the same time. This is 2024 when guys move around all the time in search of a title and he left that door open, yeah. but what should he do? Well, I mean, he seems a delusional to me. Because the Angels are not winning. The Angels are not winning a title. Are you kidding me? They're not winning the world. They could not win with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani on the same team. 
two of the greatest players, Shohei Otani, the greatest player we will ever see. Mike Trout, mm -hmm. one of the marketed at first as one of the faces of baseball. I remember that. He's just mm -hmm. on a team that is not going to win the World Series, Mike Trout. I'm sorry to break the news to you, Mike Trout, but you're not going to win a World Series if you stick with the Angels. There have only been, what, three postseason games for the Angels since uh, in the Mike Trout era? For him, that is insane. Yeah. He's, it's not going to happen unless they, I mean, they have to make like a dozen moves for that to happen. Everything has to go right for this team for it to happen, for them to be a Cinderella story. They're not winning the World Series. I mean, those odds for them to win the World Series are not looking so hot. Um, so no. I'm sorry, Mike Trout. I, you know, loyalty is always appreciated and valued, but this is like mm -hmm. loyal to a fault. I mean, you've yeah. got it. I mean, do you do you put loyalty and no World Series? Or, I mean, at the end of the day, when your career is done, do you look back on it and say, at least I was loyal? I mean, sure, if that's your goal. Or do you look back on it and say, you know what? I was one of the greatest players and won a World Series. If you're with the uh -huh. Angels, you can't really say that because it's not going to happen. So it, it depends on where your value is. If you want to be a, a loyal guy to your organization, fine. But you're not going to win a World Series. Not Both of those things are not going to be true for Mike Trout. So I kind of feel bad for him. He's a little bit of a martyr here, I guess, because not yeah. I mean, maybe not in his mind. If he had, Does he actually believe this or is he just saying this because they're paying him a lot of money? Because he can't believe they're going to win a World Series. I mean, that's just not that's not going to happen. Uh, so I, I kind of feel bad for Mike Trout because he deserves to be yeah. on a team that is better than the Angels. As Shohei Otani does, and that's why he's now with the yes. Dodgers. But I feel I feel bad for Mike Trout hearing that. Yeah, seven years, two hundred fifty million dollars remaining on his contract. I, I so kind of feel like so much. Yeah, money. I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad. I, I feel like at thirty-two, like, and he didn't close the door on asking for a trade. But I feel like, you know, time will do Easy this way. to you when he sees. Yeah, when he sees his career sort of maybe coming to an end, or he sees the door closing, he'll say at some point, yeah. "I got to get a chip here. I've been as loyal as I can." So that could absolutely change. As for his former teammate Shohei Otani. He will not play for the Dodgers in their spring opener. Of course, coming off elbow surgery, signed that monster 10-year, $700 million contract in the offseason. And this is good news. I think the Dodgers say, look, he's ahead of schedule. He looks great, but we're not going to take any risks whatsoever. So I, I don't blame them one bit. Yeah, I mean, that's smart because you're looking at long-term for the Dodgers. I mean, he's also, he's not going to pitch already. So why not be careful? Because they, they do have a good team around them, Mookie Betts, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But I look at the Dodgers this season and the high expectations on them. And I don't know if I buy it. I feel like the Dodgers will be the most underachieve I want to say underachieving but they will be underwhelming compared to their expectations like I would not take mm -hmm. the Dodgers to win the World Series this year I would not uh I think the so I'd put it this way I think the Red Sox would be the most surprising team because their expectations okay. are so low and I think the Dodgers will be the most uh I don't want to say underachieving but their expectations mm -hmm. are so high that they will not exceed those expectations I think they're going to be underwhelming It'll be the most underwhelming mm -hmm. team based on the expectations going into this season because there's just so much hype around them. And I think being right. careful with Shohei Otani, though, is key to longer-term success for him and the Dodgers. But I don't see them winning a World Series right off the bat with him anyway. So why not be careful right now? Yeah, I agree with you. Now, when we're talking about expectations, 
We got to move to college basketball here and the expectations yes. sky high for UConn because the Huskies oh, have yeah. been great since becoming the number one team in the country. They are at number 15 Creighton tonight with UConn laying two and a half points and the total set at 145 and a half. And you were saying earlier, you think this is the year of the repeat. You like the Huskies to repeat. I do. I like them to repeat. Just I mean, dominant win over Marquette. So I uh, just an example of how dominant they have been this season. So I just I look at the the fields, UConn or the field. I would take UConn right now Mm -hmm. because I don't see when it comes down to March Madness. I mean, last year I will say I had Miami in the Final Four, uh, and they did Mm -hmm. reach the Final Four. So there could be a team that surprises. But UConn last year just, I mean, stomped all over them. So I would take them to repeat that and to repeat as champions because, you know, behind Dan Hurley, they are are tested, they are proven, and I think they will prove themselves once again this season and repeat. I, you know, it's hard to go again. I mean, it's hard to repeat, but I'm telling you, UConn has been awesome. I like them tonight against Creighton. I do see some Blue Jays money coming in, but when you look at the Huskies away from home, eight and three against the number, you know, let's just go UConn money line, make it nice and simple. How about another game I know you like? Number eight, Tennessee at Missouri. Oh, I love this bet, Lucy, and I know you're on it. Tennessee laying 11 and a half total at 146 and a hook. Why is Tennessee the play here? Oh, because Missouri loses so much. They are eight and seventeen. They are six and nineteen against the spread, and at home, as we've said before, two and twelve against the spread. Tennessee is twelve, twelve and one against the spread, and as the favorite, they are eleven, nine and one against the spread. Which, I mean, just looking at this, that's better than Missouri. Those numbers are far better than Missouri. So mm-hmm. I think uh, the the uh, it is on Missouri here to really put up a fight, but I don't think they will, and I think Tennessee will cover this pretty easily. Yeah, I I agree with you. And particularly Missouri at home. I mean, they are so bad, so bad. They lost to Mississippi State by 24, lost to Texas Mm -hmm. A&M by 19. And when playing in Columbia this season, they are 2-12 and against the spread. In all of college basketball, that is the sixth worst mark. So I'm with you. I think this is blowout city for the Vols. Missouri is just a bad basketball team. And this number is short. The computer projections say Tennessee should be about a 13 point favorite. So you're getting some value there. I'm with you. Let's go with the Vols. What else do you like on the card tonight? We've got number 19, San Diego State at Utah State. We have TCU at number 23, Texas Tech. San Francisco at number 18, St. Mary's. What else interests you tonight, Lucy? Well, I was looking at Baylor. Baylor against BYU. Oh. Baylor, a bit of an underdog. Got this. At, I So now it has moved to five and a half. Oh, no, it has not. That's a different game. Baylor plus three is what I saw this as last night. Now it is four and a half. So Baylor plus four and a half, I'm still comfortable with. BYU has not covered in their last four games. Baylor did beat BYU 81-72 back in January. So I think Baylor can roll right over BYU here. Plus four and a half. I think that's pretty good value because I think this will be a Baylor win um, over BYU. So I like that. Yeah, I'm with you there. And if you look at the way Baylor has played, they had a had a rough spot. I think it was after that overtime loss to TCU a few weeks ago. That was at the end of a tough stretch. But then they went 5-1 and one straight up wins against Iowa State, Oklahoma. Their only loss during that time was to number six, Kansas. And that was the, by three points in Lawrence. Bears are also... Five and one against the number this season away from Waco. So we, yeah, we are in some potico. Give me the Bears as well. Oh, here we go. 
Let's go to Utah State hosting number 19, San Diego State. Utah State laying two and a half, total set at 143 and a hook. Once again, an unranked home favorite in the Aggies. And this has been very profitable on this show. Chelsea and I talk about this a lot when we're talking about college basketball. Utah State is a team. Now, they're coming off a really bad loss to Colorado State. But they're on the cusp of making the top 25 and the others receiving votes, sitting there at number 34. The Aggies are 7-3 against the number when playing at home this season. San Diego State, 2-8 and eight against the spread on the road this year. Maybe I'm a sucker. I'm on Utah State. I agree. I mean, it's tough. It is tough to argue with that. I think it's going to be a rough night for the Aztecs. Utah State minus two and a half. It just seems like autoplay with how they've been recently. So Utah State, I'm taking as well. Minus two and a half. Yeah, let's do it. Those unranked home favorites. And also, I will say, I'll throw this out there. Very interesting, the WCC this year. But St. Mary's is a team I feel like that not a lot of people are talking about because when you think about the West Coast Conference, you think about Gonzaga. But St. Mary's has won 13 straight. They host San Francisco tonight. The Dons are very good. They've won six straight. But when they met earlier this season, the Gales won by 17. St. Mary's laying six and a half at home tonight. I think I would lay it with the Gales. Coming up next year on the show, we talk the talk. Now it's time to walk the walk. We've got our best bets coming your way. It is the Daily Tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. She's Lucy. I'm Jinx. We're coming back right with this. The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. to the show it is a daily tip for back you out presented by Venom Jim mm. I'm Michael Jenkins and we have Lucy Bird sitting in for Chelsea Messenger today we've got our best bets coming your way shortly so Lucy before we get into that when animals attack in Washington State a cougar and Washington State they are the cougars well this is why a cougar yeah. attacked five mountain bikers on a trail now thankfully only one person was hospitalized a 60 year old female non-threatening life injuries stable condition she's got to be okay have you ever had an animal encounter now i know you've had an animal encounter you're a big horse gal but have you ever had an encounter with any sort of animal where you're like oh god like what am i gonna do here how do i escape this Yes. Well, interesting that a 60 year old woman might be a cougar herself attacked by a cougar. So it's sometimes it's stipulation <laughs> yes. of like, oh, is that actually someone's uh, fantasy scenario? <laughs> Mountain bikers get attacked by a cougar. <laughs> um, in uh, terms of animals, nothing that was perilous. But I, I will say the horses that we have now, my family uh, has rescue horses who have been abused and they are taken in and then we adopt them from the, the place where they are uh, rescued from, the Connecticut Draft Horse Rescue, very great organization. So the two we have now are enormous Belgian horses. And they oh, wow. at first didn't really get the concept of treats because they have been abused and never had treats, which was kind of sad, but turns out they love pears. So when you give them pears, it also turns out 
they can trap you in because they keep their heads just keep coming in for more pairs. And so if you're inside, you give them treats inside, they will trap okay. you from the door and you have to like elbow your way out. So there, the oh, first wow. time I did it, yeah, there was a moment of anxiety where I thought, what if I get trampled? What if I, not on purpose, obviously, they're yeah. very sweet, but what if I get stuck in here? And there's this feeling of panic where I'm going to get stuck in here because they are enormous janks. They are huge and they their heads are enormous and you have to like fight your way out from them trying to get at the pairs and they follow you and it it is a little bit of anxiety so now the rule is two people go give them treats together so that and bring your phone because one of you get trapped and uh maybe one by one the treats and do it outside so you don't get trapped because there is a little bit of anxiety that comes along with it um other than that, really, no, luckily, nothing in the wild, except for yeah. except for when I was little, we had coyotes in our yard and uh, coyote pups. Oh, wow. And I would want to play, want to play with the pups. I was like two years old. And so I was about I was running ahead of my parents to go play with them up in our backfield. The mother, of okay. course, probably nearby. So I would have gotten mauled, likely, if uh, I was not uh, taken away from the puppies because I thought they were dogs. And so wild oh animals God. are, yeah, a little bit scary. Sometimes uh, they're wild animals. It becomes real. And so uh, luckily, I did survive the, the potential coyote situation. Um, but luckily, other than that, nothing, uh, you know, I've seen skunks, but they never sprayed or anything when I was well, there. Good. But. Yeah. Other than that, uh, no, I think uh, I've I've been pretty lucky when it comes to uh, encounters with wild animals. Or animals. Oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, one thing I have a terrible fear of of snakes in the worst. And it's oh, because God. growing uh, growing up in West Texas, I don't know how many rattlesnakes I saw, but it was too many. <gasps> and they used to have this thing. Oh. Talk about they used to have this thing in West Texas called the rattlesnake roundup. You oh talk my God. Oh. And what they would do is you would have people, this is, <laughs> you would go out to the ag barn, the agricultural barn, and mm. they would have rattlesnake belts, rattlesnake to eat, rattlesnake belt buckles. And then in the middle of the ag barn, there was this large pit. And in the middle of this pit was a rattlesnake wrangler with this, like a hook so he could pull yeah. he could pull up a rattlesnake and show the rattlesnake to you and these are huge rattlesnakes and he's standing in a pit full of rattlesnakes and of course as you approach the pit you hear the rattling and the hissing oh. from god oh like i cringed like the hair right yeah. now is standing up on my arms because i'm like as a kid imagine going why, why is this why is this a thing but you would have oh. these good old country boys go out gather as many rattlesnakes as possible from out in these rocky areas where they hide and then bring them all in and then show them off and ever since then like i can still hear like the hissing and the rattling oh my god I oh my god snakes. Yeah, oh, right? I, I so am the same, Jenks. Uh, snakes are terrifying. And uh, they, they do get into barns as well. My dad had to, my dad also hates snakes. He had to chop the head off of one because it was scaring the horses. Yeah. Uh, and he didn't like that. He didn't like that one bit. Um, yeah, snakes are, especially if they are rattlesnakes and they are hissing. And you yes. can hear uh, the hissing and the rattle because that is sometimes the last thing you ever hear. So that's pretty terrifying. If you are uh. like, if you are in a remote area and you see one of those, like, what do you even do? 
like that if oh it comes God. after you that's terrifying to think that that is uh, a, a, a animal that can kill me <laughs> right there yes exactly that's really scary exactly oh <laughs> my god Let's God, get into something scary. we like instead of things that we hate, yes. like our best bets. But first, remember, coming up next on MechQ Daily, it is Danny Vietti, host of the Wake and Rake podcast. If you missed our conversation about what we expect in baseball's free agency tonight in college basketball, the movies we're streaming, we even got a little Gen Z talk in. You name it, we talked about it. Just download and subscribe to The Daily Tip wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's hand out our favorite plays of the day. Time to place your bets. Lucy, I love your play, so tell the people what you're thinking about. Yes, so I'm going to the aforementioned uh, Tennessee-Missouri game, and I am taking Tennessee to cover here, minus 11 and a half, though minus 13 last night was where I got this, and I am comfortable with either one of those because I think this is going to be a massive win for Tennessee. Either way, they are 19 and 6. Missouri is 8 and 17, and Missouri is 6 and 19 against the spread, and at home they are 2 and 12 against the spread. Tennessee, 12, 12 and 1 against the the spread and as the favorite 11 9 and 1 against the spread Tennessee has won four of their last five Missouri has not won a game this calendar year the last time Whoa. they won was December 30th so I think Tennessee is going to roll over Missouri minus 11 and a half I love this for tonight God, I love that play as well. Missouri is straight up garbage at home I'm gonna tell you on that personally that's a great pick all right you know me I'm going to do a little hockey tonight. I'm getting a little juicy. That's fine. That's fine. Look, I've had a decent year so far. Knock on wood. Let's just keep it going, okay? I'm not trying to tempt the gambling gods. I'm just saying, guys, I appreciate you. Love you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Here we go. Sends at the Panthers. You know where I'm going. Panthers, three-way money line, minus 148. Yes, it's juicy. How can you support the Senators here? They have to be absolutely exhausted they have played three games in four nights and that is a recipe for disaster when you are a bad team anyway not only that i always think it's interesting when a teams are tired and then b they're facing teams that have owned them recently in the last 10 games against the panthers ottawa is two seven and one overall Plus, the Panthers are red hot. They have won nine of their last 10, while the Sens are just 8 and 14 on the road. Panthers in regulation, also called the three way money line. It is minus 40, 148. Okay. I'm also, this is a happiness hedge here, I guess. I don't like picking against my Cavs, but let's be honest, the Cavs are not great this season. So I'm going Devil's Money Line, minus 156. You got to shop for the number because I think money's going to come in on New Jersey. Here's the thing. The Caps faced the Devils back in January, lost 6-3, and they're not in good form either. Caps have gone 2-6-2 and two in their last 10. And as I keep saying, this is the problem with Washington. Yeah, they're a little banged up, but they just cannot score. When you watch Washington, what are you watching for? OV chasing that record. OV chasing that record. But the Caps average 2.42 goals per game. That is 30th in the NHL, while the Devils are 8th in scoring. Now, the Jersey defense can be leaky. That's your sabotage factor here. But can Washington take advantage? I don't think so. I also like the over as well. The Devils just have too much offensive firepower to lose this game. And in net, Nico Dawes has been surprisingly good between the pipes. Devils money line. 
minus 156 is the play. There you go. Do you ever bet on hockey? Oh, you bet on hockey. I see you on Bruins money line. You like Boston from time to time. I do, Jenks. I have actually had more success betting hockey than I have NBA lately, and I am very much enjoying a little hockey parlay action sometimes. So I do love putting yeah. together those parlays. The Bruins, yeah, I, they tend to lose when I bet on them, but I do love betting on the Devils, and I love betting on the Rangers. So I have been having ah. a lot of fun betting on hockey this season. Oh, I love that. I almost took the Rangers. Today. You got a huge matchup at the guard between the Rangers and the Stars. I like yes. the Rangers in that game. I almost put that down as one of my plays. The Stars are very good, but I think they're going to be worn out. They played two <laughs> overtime games in their past three, so I'm it's with the you Bruins. on that as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. exactly right. All right, let's do your back. You a five-star best bet for everything you need to become a more informed and educated better. They have insight. They have analysis. They have Lucy's articles, her videos. That's reason enough to download the BetQL app. Oh, and what do we have here? Classic Father versus son. Beep, pop, boop, boop, beep, pop, boop. The BetQL mainframe says Cavs money line plus 145. I guess it's sort of a value play. Father versus son. Also, Donkster went 0 2 last night. I'm not sweating it. And Blue Jackets at Kings under six and a hook. So two plays on the ice for the Chalk Donkey via the BetQL mainframe. We have a minute to go, Lucy. What are you going to do the rest of the day? What's in store for you? You done? I am not done. BetQL.com oh. awaits for the rest of the day. Also ah. check out my uh, my plays for the day. It will be on my Twitter at Lucille Burge. And just a lot of stuff. The BetQL Daily Boost podcast will be up later today. Um, so a, a full day, Jenks. And it was a great oh, way to start it. Thank you for having me. I like Absolutely. Did a fantastic job. And so we'll definitely have you on again. And in fact, we'll just have you on tomorrow. How about that? We'll I'll be that. here. I can't wait. Uh. <laughs> we cannot wait either. That's going to do it for this edition of the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM, the king of parlays. She is the great Lucy Birch. I'm Michael Jenkins. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday morning. Good luck on all of your bets. We'll be right back here tomorrow, live from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. across the country. See you then. You've been listening to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app.